What's up, everybody? Jay Miller here bringing another Productivity in Tech podcast. Uh, This week, we're going to be doing it similar to how we did last week. I really like that format where we just had a conversation going. Uh, My guest this week is Ronnie Lutz. Ronnie is a great friend of mine and someone that I talk with on a regular basis. And... One of the things about Ronnie is he has always been tech adjacent, but never working in tech, but always working around it and utilizing it in ways that are very unique and quite fascinating. So one of the things that I really wanted to do is look how he was able to get things done around the tech space and what it meant to him interacting with a lot of people who are very tech savvy, but not necessarily having to be as savvy for employment or things like that. So here's my conversation. Of course, it is always a conversation first and foremost. So we're going to talk about a bunch of different things, but here it is my conversation with Ronnie Lutz. I am glad to, to be chatting with you again, though. Um, by the way, this we're just going to chat like it's not it's no no crazy topics. I mean, I might ask a little bit more about like what you do and stuff like that. But all in all, it's it's a fun conversation. I'm starting to do more of those because honestly, trying to come up with questions is just annoying at times. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless that's like something you enjoy doing, like you're you know, you write for a newspaper or something, which, you know. Yeah, I'm not a journalist for a reason. <laughs> I did that in high school, or in college, actually. Really? I I could never... I don't know. Like I've had people say that I, I, I ask good questions, but at the same time, I feel like I just ask questions that I feel like other people might have. And, and I was listening <laughs> to the roundtable, and they were talking about Larry King and David Letterman. And... Uh, they were talking about how they were able to ask questions that no one else would think of. And the questions were never scripted. Um, they just had that much trust. And when I saw David Letterman uh, interview Barack Obama on uh, My Guest Needs No Introduction, I, I kind of saw that. I saw that feeling of there were a ton of questions that I would have had and that I did have, but... None of those questions were asked, but then the questions that were asked were just kind of like, oh, that's actually a really good question. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't even see that. That's on Netflix. Yeah, um, and I think it's still on there. I know it's – he interviews – I think it's like five or six episodes where he just interviews people. And it's that whole conversation of like, hey – I'm out of the game. You're pretty much out of the game. Like let's, let's be two cronies talking about what we used to do, you know? And I think, I think that's a cool concept. Uh, It's one of those things that maybe in 20 years when I'm probably no longer podcasting or who knows, maybe I will be, I'll be able to call Ronnie up and be like, Hey man, you remember when (laughs) you used to do, what was it? It wasn't bubble sword. It was, um, I did do some bubble sort, but pocket size podcast. <laughs> yeah, some PSP, and uh, <laughs> you know it, it's great to talk about some of those things. Yeah, well, when you're twenty years old, when twenty years from now, you'll be about as old as I am now, so you'll still be podcasting. No, you're not that old. I'm forty five. 
Yeah, no, I'll be 30 this year, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not... I, granted, I'm. a lot of people do think that I'm younger than I am, but I mean... And I am actually younger than what some other people think. I don't know. It's it's weird. <laughs> it's weird being in that middle ground because I mean, I, I, I served five years in the military. I've I've worked at the company that I've worked at now for another five, going on six years, and I've been podcasting for four of those. And it, you do start to feel like not a veteran in the game, but like you're starting to feel like you can't get away with the stuff that you used to be able to get away with. <laughs> I still get away with it because I'm just not very bright. So I, I could, I just use that as my excuse. <laughs> well, I mean, if you tell everybody about it, they won't let you get away with it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't do enough podcasts, so it doesn't make any difference. Uh, yeah, that's, that is true. So, so yeah, I mean, let, let's talk about that a little bit. You were, you were doing PSP for, and PSP is pocket size podcast. It's not some new street drug that's out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, you were doing this podcast for a hot minute and then I met you and then you had stopped doing it at that time. You were, you were doing something with home screens where you were like showing off your home screens and, and we might talk about that later. But then you brought Pocket Size Podcast back. It was back for a bit, and then uh, it disappeared again. Uh, is is there going to be a third return? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think so. We uh, So Scott Wilsey did Pocket Size Podcast, and he had done it with a couple other hosts prior, and then I started doing it. I don't know. I think I did probably 30 or 40 episodes, and my life is way hectic. And as you know, cause we've been kind of trying to do this for probably a year. Um, and finally we got the time, but I, you know, just our schedules just never worked out. And so we decided to stop doing it, but then I kind of got the desire to do it again. And so did Scott. So we kind of resurrected it. And I don't know, I think we probably did 10 or 20 more episodes of it. And then the same thing happened. It just got too crazy. And it's not something that I want to spend time away from my family doing because it doesn't, I mean, I find value in it. I enjoy doing it. That's why I do it, but it doesn't necessarily do anything for the family, right? Like I'm not getting anything out of it other than personal joy, which doesn't solve any other issues. So we kind of decided to, that I would stop and he got another co-host, Andy Nicolaitis for a while and, and it was good. And then the last episode, I don't know, it's it's actually still out there, I think. But the last episode was kind of fun. We did a Doctor Who where he had he had every epi- every uh, host, every co-host from all the years in one episode. It was pretty good. But so and then I did some bubble sort TV with Vic Hudson, uh, and then I just yeah. Since then, I've just decided I wasn't going to do any more. But tonight, I'm making a return appearance. There you go. I, I love it. And and you know one of the things that. Like I didn't do pit for like seven months. I mean, it. I, I was, I was definitely in need of a break. I was trying to figure out this whole business thing, and even just figuring out the business thing took another like another like five or six months by itself. And I, I think that is something that a lot of people who listen to podcasts don't get. Like there are two different types of podcasters. There are the people who wake up in the morning, go to their day job 
and then come home and then just have a conversation with a good friend of theirs. And, and that tends to be the people that I like to bring on to the show and talk to. But then you also have the people that wake up in the morning and when they go to their day job, it is doing that podcast. And then yeah. they, they pass it over to an editor. They got a producer that, you know, they, they swap stories with, drink coffee. Uh, that producer gets all the stuff done. And then you have this, you know, Gimlet Media, NPR, this, you know, This American Life kind of podcast that is making a ton of money. But the problem is, is a ton of people are getting paid off of that ton of money that they're making in order to continue doing that show. And a lot of the the podcasts that I listen to are kind of that in between where you have maybe a network that is doing all of that back end stuff, but allowing you to kind of just jump in, record a podcast, be done with it, and then just go, okay, hey, here's my audio, have fun. And the people that I really enjoy talking to are, are, are kind of like you and, and, and Clay Russell or yeah, Clay Russell and the people that are like, you know, I'm going to record this podcast and then I'm going to need you to give me a couple days to edit it so I can, you know, put it out on my feed. And if something goes wrong, I can't yell at an editor. I can't yell at a producer. I've just got to suck it up and fix it myself and then try to put it back out. Right. Yeah. And that Scott did all the, I, the funny thing is Scott did all the work, right? He, I literally got on the computer and we didn't do a lot of research, you know, like ATP with uh, Johnson Yakuza. We just talked and I just sent him my file when I was done and that was it. And I would wait for it to show up in the feed and I would listen to it and I would hate my voice and then we would do another one and life went on and I never had to do anything, but it's still, it wasn't, there wasn't enough time for me to even do that, which is kind of sad. You know, it's been funny. Like I've, I've stopped listening to the pit podcast because by the time I've edited it, I've, you know, I've gone through it. I've edited it. I've cleaned it up. I've made sure everything, you know, lined up, right. I've added intros and outros. Like I've heard that conversation two or three times and now when it goes live, I basically play like the first five minutes, make sure that, you know, nothing obvious happened. Like, I think we had one week where for some reason my audio went over, but like when I was editing, I tapped the mute button and my guest's audio was muted the entire show. And I had to like <laughs> sit there for like, I think it was like three or four hours. Like I literally pulled the, the episode down. So people were, people were like tweeting me saying, Hey, I can't get the episode or Hey, I got the episode, but I can only hear you. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to re-upload it tonight when I get home. But, you know, hey, the, those are the breaks. And, and I, I think that's the thing that people, like I said, people just don't realize that even the people that record and then hit, you know, done and send it, there's still so much to do. There's promoting it there. If you're getting advertisers, there's that there's this whole Patreon thing that was starting like right when I got into podcasting. And to me, that was like an anxiety driven nightmare. <laughs> like, Oh great. People are now paying me to do something. Therefore I have to give them something back in return. And it, it was this weird thing of, of like, I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm qualified to do this. And, and, you know, that's something that, I've always enjoyed talking to you about because for you, you've, 
you've always took it from the position of like, I'm not a developer. I'm not a techie person. Like I have a job. I love the equipment that I use to get my job done. And that's kind of it. And I I really like making my home screen look nice. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I don't know. I don't know what happened with that because that's kind of just my OCD. I don't, I don't really have it in the rest of my life. I'm not like fanatical about a clean house or clean job. You know, my office at work is not nice, but my home screen, you know, of course, obviously it's just my opinion, but I think it's one of the best looking home screens. I have, I have done a couple of podcasts and I did get on a, I did get on a five by five episode with, not with Dan Benjamin. It was actually with a blenderhead, but he had an episode, he had a show on five by five for a little while and, I got I got interviewed by him about my home screen. So, yeah, I, it's just one of those things. I'm a freak about that, but nothing else in my life parallels. So it's kind of interesting in, in that manner. Well, I mean, for those for people that don't know you, like explain what you do, because like I said, I, I know you're you're not in the tech space. You're really more on the management side of things, and it's really not even tech centric. <laughs> <laughs> well, not at all. No, I'm a I'm actually a retail manager. I've worked in retail for pretty much my whole life, but I've been with the same company for 21 years. So I'm a store manager for a grocery store chain is what I do. And I've been in retail management for, uh, I think 19 of those 21 years. So it's kind of, kind of all I've ever done, but in that regard, I mean, you have to, as, as tech moved along, you know, originally I used the, Oh, what was it? The Franklin Covey system, you know, the huge notebooks and whatever, you know, the, (laughs) Yeah, whatever, whatever those things were called, they were huge and they cost like eighty bucks a year just to get the inserts in them. You know, like and a Filofax or no, it was the <laughs> the Franklin Covey, uh, the seven is the same people that did the seven, the you know the seven, oh, whatever. Yeah, that's why I should do research. So Franklin Covey had a, a planner that you could buy. They had a couple different sizes. They had a small one and a large one, and this was before uh, PDAs or anything like that. And it would have all your calendar in it and you could have your to-do list and you could write it in there. And then uh, it would cost you like 80 bucks a year to buy all the buy all the month inserts and all that kind of stuff. But then when Palm came out with uh, Palm OS, I switched to that and got into their to-do system and, and really enjoyed that. And uh, pretty much worked on that until iOS came out and then started doing it that way. So tech is tech drives my job, right? Like everything we do at work is about tech or we have tons of different apps that we can use. And now I can use my phone to scan items in the store and do every single thing that I could do on a computer. I can do right off my phone and I have to be uber organized based on the fact that, you know, my store employs 80 people now, but I have had stores that have employed up to 180 and uh, you have to figure out how to coordinate that. And it's not, it's not something you do, by the seat of your pants. Let me tell you that you have to be very organized. So to do list task management, that kind of stuff is, is all in my, all the things I do every day, but I also love tech. So I did it, you know, a pocket size podcast was a tech podcast, not from the developer side of it, more from the apps that I use and that kind of stuff. So it's a, yeah, I, I intersect with tech, but I don't understand anything about how to make any of that stuff. But yet all of your friends are like, app developers and like all of these people that have like tech blogs and and all this stuff yeah it doesn't really make sense and actually i don't understand a lot of stuff you know like we were talking about vic hudson who does the um 
Bubble Sort TV. He's also an iOS developer. He's had a couple of apps on the App Store. And him and Scott will talk about stuff. And we have some, you know, group chats. And I'm like, I, I don't understand anything that you're talking about. But yeah, most of my friends online would be surprised. I mean, they know me because, you know, I get, to, I, I actually have a ton of friends from online. And, uh, but it's weird because the things that I talk about, they assume that I'm automatically in tech or in the, you know, into that industry of some sort. And then when I tell them I run a grocery store, they're like, wow, that doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> but, but I think that that is, that's something that the internet has given us the ability to do because I don't ever think of you as, as Ronnie, the, the grocery store manager. I didn't, never thought of you as Ronnie, the tech person. I thought you, I thought I always thought of you as, you know, Ronnie, the home screen king. And <laughs> for me that like, I don't know what people think of me, but I've had people literally call me Mr. Productivity in tech. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, like, no, that's my dad. I don't, I don't, know. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't know what to, to say to that when people are like, oh yeah, you know, you know, Jay, he's a podcaster. And it's like, well, actually I'm an, I'm like a audio editor, video editor, slash entrepreneur, slash content creator, slash all these other slashes, but, um, you know, marketer. And, but people see me as this one thing and I don't, I never know what to tell them because, you know, I'm, I'm a productivity coach as well. And people are just like, oh, well, can you coach me? And I'm like, no, I can't because you're not a developer. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what problems you're running into, you know, cause I, I've never lived that life. But, you know, at the same time I've had developers go, oh, well, you know, you're not an iOS developer, so what can you t what can you teach me? And it's like, okay, now I got to go down that road too. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know, there's certain things that no matter what job you do, you have to have certain you have to have a certain skill set just to be able to to run a business or anything like that. And it doesn't make any difference uh, whether or not you've done the thing that they've done. If you have been successful at teaching people how to uh, become better at what they do then you I mean you could do that right I mean I'm, I'm certain that although I have no skills in development I could help someone understand how to become a better whatever they want to be based on the fact that I've taken hundreds of leadership classes and led you know huge teams for 20 years I'm not going to tell you how to code in swift because that's just not going to happen but there's a lot of other stuff that goes into becoming a better you that doesn't really have anything to do with whether you're good at your job you know, definitely. And, and speaking of that, let's, let's talk a little bit more about, about you. Cause I mean, you, you mentioned being so, uh, you know, task oriented, like project management oriented when it came to, to work, like, what are you, what does your system look like? Not from a, you know, I use app X, Y, and Z, but like, like, how are you, how are you managing email? How are you managing people? How are you managing, you know, family and life things? <laughs> and that's a, that's a big topic. Well, we'll just start with email. Cause uh, in fact, I, I might be changing some stuff here in the near future. Cause uh, my work has always been, my email has always only been able to use, I've only been able to use iOS mail, Apple mail. And finally, they just opened it up to Outlook, which is kind of interesting because uh, Microsoft To Do allows you to do some flagging of emails and it automatically goes in there. But my system currently is I send the email to my task management app of choice. And I am going to pimp it just a little bit because I've been using it for like six years. So it's, it's, it's the app that I 
uh, you know, I don't necessarily plan on changing, but due to some work things, I might. But anyway, I use TickTick, and uh, it is one of the most robust apps because it will allow you to so like you can just email it in and you can say whatever the app whatever the email's name is the subject line becomes the task and you can actually use natural language parsing in there so you could if it's an email you want to react to you know tomorrow at 8 a.m you just put in there you know tomorrow at 8 a.m and it'll give you a reminder the next day at 8 a.m so it i focus on that i have some shared tasks with my managers my assistant managers so that i can put in there what I want them to do and then they can check it off and then I can follow up with them to ensure that they're uh, doing their job. Right. So I, I don't just have my own tasks in there. I have theirs in there too, which sometimes bothers me because I have kind of a desire to complete everything. And if they don't complete it in time, it kind of makes me angry. So I have to figure out a way to get around that. I don't know what that answer is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, I, it's so it's so dumb that there are so many apps out there that always do like three things really well but then suck at all the other stuff and i think that's the thing that you know i've i've played around with so many apps i've i've looked you know i mean we have these conversations about every month and it's like oh hey yeah you know looking at this app or oh hey you know uh doing some media stuff for you know for this company and and you know we've all we've as long as i've known you i've, I've been trying to get you not off of tick tick but i've been trying to understand like I, I feel like i feel like in a way like you're morpheus and i'm like i'm neo and like one day i'm just gonna look at it and then all of a sudden it's just gonna unveil into a bunch of ones and zeros and i'm gonna like look at the bullet and it's gonna make sense to me and i'm he's just like oh he's getting it he's understanding the matrix now and <laughs> like that has been because i mean i've tried it i've tried tick tick I've, I've tried like every freaking to-do list out there but there's always just like this thing that they just can't do. And I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. It's, it's that, uh, uh, what's that, uh, what's that word? Um, it's a German word that has like no English translation for it. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of it right now. Yeah. Like that, that's how it feels. And, and I mean, email is like one of those other things. Cause like I, I maintain inbox zero, but I do that in this weird way of that i just don't get mail like i don't know <laughs> I don't, like i don't know what it is like um i get other people's mail more than i get mail for myself and and i mean i will i'll pimp out superhuman because i mean it's an expensive app and I, I get ticked off at how expensive it is at times but i will say that like except for newton I haven't had an app that just felt more fluid. And the fact that I can say, okay, if it comes from this person, just put it in this whole separate inbox that I only put these emails in that are this, you know, that do this other thing like that by itself, like eliminated every other email that I get. So now when I get something, it's like, I know I have to look at it because it's not the thing that I'm expecting. Yeah. And then again, I, I just don't know how, I don't know how I got lucky, but like I might get three or four emails a day and it takes me less than five, you know, five seconds to just 
oh, select all, delete, cool. All right, we're good. <laughs> and then, then nice. just be done with it. But I, then get the, probably, I get probably 20 or 30 a day, maybe 40. I don't know. I don't get anything in my personal email, but my work email, I get a ton. And and even in my work email, like I might get, I might get like five things and, and I just, you know, I, maybe it's cause I just don't answer back. Like, I don't know what it is. Like someone will message me like, Hey, this da, 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 needs to get done. And like, I'll send him an email back later that just says like, I literally have it like in text expander. So I literally just type, <laughs> I don't know one from the, from the office is listening, but I'll type in like GFY <laughs> and I'm sure you know what that means. Um, <laughs> and then nice. he goes, this has been completed. Um, if you have any questions, let me know. Have a nice day. <laughs> and then my signature. <laughs> nice. That's beautiful. Yeah. And if it's on a Friday, it'll say have a great weekend too. And you know, I, I wanted to make sure they were, you know, very time time oriented. <laughs> so they never they never say, hey, this is the same thing you've sent like 37 times. No. I mean, and, and again, that's the thing is I... I I, it's always the same thing, but at the same time, no one, no one ever calls me out on it. No one asks any questions, and I just don't, like my bosses even said like, how, like, hey, did you get that email? And I was like, oh, I haven't checked my email yet. And he's like, but it's like ten o'clock. And I'm like, oh, I mean, you know, it, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I I have with my email, I don't do inbox zero. Actually, I don't really care too much about that, but I I do try to if I open it, I try to give it a home so that if it needs to go to tick tick, it needs to be forwarded there and then it has a time and then I'll do it at that time. Cause if it's not pressing, I don't want to do it at that time. If it's something that I can do right away, I do it right away and get it over with, but I don't ever want to look at an email twice unless I, I mean, unless it goes to tick tick and then later when it comes up, I'll do it then. But I don't ever want to have to scroll through the back of my back catalog of emails and look at them again. So once I check it, it either gets done or it goes to my task management system to be done at a later day when it's supposed to be done. But, you know, you mentioned that that's actually something that I do that I think a lot of other quote unquote productivity gurus would, would hate is I'm all about that snooze button. Like if, if I've got, a, so I have three podcast interviews this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I only know about that because the Calendly invites that I get, you know, whenever they submit their times, I always snooze to the Sunday before. So, and then again, they all go into that special folder. So when I can go, oh, hey, let me look and see what, you know, podcast interviews I have this week, whenever I'm, you know, telling my wife my schedule, letting her know what's going on. It's like, they're all right there and they're all sitting there. Now, once they've already happened, I just delete it. And I know I could put all that in my calendar, but it's already in there. I just don't open my calendar either. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all kinds of jacked up, I guess. I mean, my thing is with my calendar, I get the notification when it's about to happen. Like I know if something's going to happen because I get the notification and it, it's fine. Like, Oh, Hey, I've got a podcast interview in 15 minutes. I already knew about that because I planned my week out. So right. I don't need to, I don't have to sit there in my calendar for 30 days because I can just literally open up one inbox and have everything that I have going I never. on. I never look at my calendar either. I, I mean, I know, you know, if I get an invite to something and I know I have a conference call, I have a conference call. And when it notifies me, I go take my conference call. Right. So, yeah, I don't I don't ever look at my calendar. I hate looking at calendars, actually. But, yeah, I think that's that's one of the issues with 
you know, this whole productivity game, this whole productivity porn, like, obsession that people have had in the last, like, five, ten years, where it's it's almost a second job just trying to be organized. And, you know, I get that. You know, as someone who clinically has ADHD, clinically has anxiety issues, like, I... I do get stressed out when I don't know what's going on, but I don't need an entire system. I don't need to spend five hours just trying to figure out what I'm going to do today. Like it, it doesn't make sense to me how people like, like you know, OmniFocus is probably the, the biggest culprit of this. Such a powerful app. I have it. I put checklists in it. That way I know like if I, if I'm doing a process, if I'm editing some video, I can just go to that checklist, make a copy of it, and then just be like, did I do this? Yes, did I do this? Yes, did I do this? Yes, cool, awesome. But at the same time, I can't be like, okay, let me jump into perspective, you know, Alpha Delta, and then, oh, it's a Tuesday, and I'm at the aquarium, so this shopping list pops up. And, <laughs> like, it, it's so ridiculous how these apps have just grown in complexity as people feel like they have to itemize their entire life. Yeah, I can't. I can't do that either. In fact, I I use TickTick, but I don't have like 8 million different things in there. I really I really only want the reminders of stuff that's very important to me and I just I've I own OmniFocus as well and I could not use that app. There's no way. It's way too complicated and like you said, I mean if you spend more time setting it up and doing all the stuff that's in it, what's the point of having the app, right? The, I, I personally feel like the app needs to get out of your way so that you can get the stuff done that you need to get done as opposed to spending, you know, hours and hours setting it up. And that's one reason why I've used the same app for so long. And although it, it, during that period I have uh, tried things and uh, OmniFocus and some other stuff, but I never really get rid of, Tick tick. I'll just have it there and I'll throw another app in there and, and sort it. I tried sorted for a little while. And, and while they're all good, the amount of time it takes to set it up and to get it the way you want it, I already have a thing set up the way I want. Why don't I just continue to use it? Now, sometimes I think it would, it's too complicated. I was talking earlier about Palm OS and the to do app on Palm OS was just awesome. It's very simple, worked very well. And uh, I, sometimes I wish I could go back to that, but the world is not the same way. Like I it would not accept an email, right? I don't, <laughs> I don't yeah. know if I need that or not. Like, I, I don't know. Do I need that? I, I use it frequently, but is it something that's important? And that's the other thing with to do task management apps. Like you're talking about, I'm the focus. You get so caught up in all these different things it can do, but do you really need it to do all those things? I don't even know. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and that was the thing that got me away from using stuff like Todoist is, it, it became this game of like, maybe maybe I'll be more productive if I'm microtasking. So instead of just saying, hey, go take out the trash, it'll say, hey, walk into the kitchen, you know, take the trash bag <laughs> out of the trash can, carry the trash, you know, tie it in a knot, carry it outside the door, you know, put it in the dumpster, come back in, put a new bag in, put, put some baking powder in there to make sure it smells nice. And it, it's like... All of a sudden, I'm checking and I'm looking at those karma points and it's like, oh, you know, you've completed 15 tasks. But then when I look at it, it's like, yeah, I completed 15 tasks, but I don't feel like I did anything. Right. And and, and that's, you know, since I, I've kind of gone to like this, 
I keep my notebook on me each day. I write down the date and then I just put a list of stuff that needs to happen. And then if it's something that's an ongoing project, you know, I, I will say my notebook system is a little complicated because I have, it's, it's two notebooks inside of one notebook, if that makes sense. Um, cause I got, it's like the leather bound thing. And then I got two notebook inserts in there and, uh, my daily stuff goes in the front one projects go in the back one. They both have their own table of contents. And and that's the thing during the day. It's like today is a 20, whatever I got to do this, 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 and this, and then I check it off. And then the next day it's like, all right, I had to do these things. This didn't get done. Move that over. And then, Oh, Hey, I'm working on this project. So let me open up the other book. Oh, this project got to do this, 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 and this. All right. I'm on here, here, here. This has got to get done. All right. That's done. Cool. Awesome. And it sucks because yeah, I don't get the event based notifications. I don't get the automatically synced to email, but at the same time, I also don't feel like I'm spending three hours trying to organize myself. Right. And I think, I think any of those things can work. I mean, there were people that used uh, pen and paper for however many years they used them before an electronic device came around. So obviously it works. It's just what you, you know, what you think you need. You know, I, I really like the notifications because I set it and forget it. I don't, I don't open it unless a notification comes up and tells me that I have something that needs to be done. I'm not, I'm not spending all day in the app. And I think with, well, and when I had a Franklin Club Covey planner and I had in like the notebooks like you did, I did spend a lot of time looking at it because I'm so forgetful that if I didn't open it a million times, I would forget something that would happen, you know? So I personally could never do that, but I'm happy it works for you. I'm happy that whoever does it, I'm happy it works for them, but I, yeah, I could, couldn't do that. But at the same time, like, I don't, I, I can't say with, with a hundred percent certainty that it does work for me. Cause I mean, <laughs> and, and I think that's the, that's the tough part. Cause I get it. I get it when people are like, Oh yeah. But what if you have that thing that you need to think about in like six months? I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, keep up with tomorrow, let alone six months from now. I will tell yeah. people like, Hey, can you just remind me of this? I put it back on them. <laughs> I was gonna say, if, it's, if it's that important, somebody will tell you about it. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. Like my, my boss knows, like, don't, don't ask me about something you asked me about three months ago. Obviously it wasn't that important to me because it would have been done. And like, if you're asking about it, that means it's probably not done. And just say, just tell me you want it done. And like, Hey, this, this is important now. Let's knock this out. All right, cool. Good to go. Let's, let's get on it. Cause no one has time anymore. Like, <laughs> I don't know what happened to time, but it just, it feels like it has disappeared. Everybody wants your attention. Everybody's vying for your attention and like giving up, giving up like social media for the most part has been easy, mostly because I don't have time to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> like people, people don't realize like, Oh, Hey, you know, how come I'm only tweeting like two or three things a week now? And they're all like the same stuff. Like, Hey, I do audio editing. If you're looking for an editor, hit me up. Do you realize every content that every, like every client that I get literally takes a tweet away from me. Like I can't, I can't focus on doing that anymore because I'm, I'm busy working. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where time went because it seemed like it used to be, well, it got connected. That's what happened. So now people have the ability to 
occupy your time. Whereas before email, there was no way that they could get a hold of you so quickly. You know, they would have to give you a phone call or whatever. And that wasn't, that's not as effective. So yeah, it's the whole digital world is a, it's a little bit of a problem, especially for us older folks that didn't grow up with it. So I think the next generation maybe will be a little better at it because they've their whole life they've been in it where when I was a kid in the seventies, there was none of it. So uh, I had to, I have my learning curve is a lot greater than someone like my daughter who's 15, who since the day she was born, she has been inundated with electronics. I don't know if socially as a, as human beings were prepared for that, but they're definitely more prepared for it at their age than I am at my age. Yeah, you know, one of the things I was I was watching, I watched like a ton of YouTube videos late at night and stuff, and it's like uh, there was a video on Wisecrack about idiocracy and whether or not it's actually happening. And, and they said, funny enough, SAT scores are at, and like IQ test scores are going up, not down. So people are getting smarter, well, book smarter. <laughs> right, right. But it's, it's also bringing about its own problems and I don't know like I'm guessing that productivity has just become one of those problems is that people now know how unproductive they are and I I think like this this rise of like oh robots are going to take your job you know all that that stuff is like oh crap now I actually have to be more productive I'm people are used to the status quo but then when you are constantly being threatened out of a job, you know, due to something that can outpace you. Now you're like, oh, well, crap, I got to make sure that I can get stuff done faster where, you know, I don't fully believe that that's going to be the case. But I also think that we think about how much we can get done more than we think about whether or not we should actually be doing it. <laughs> and and that's that's something that you know I I have to be hopped up on medication <laughs> before I remember that sometimes you know I'll right. be I'll be sitting there having a panic attack like oh I gotta do that da, 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 da. and then you know twenty minutes later I'm just like you know what it's it's probably not even that important I'm just gonna <laughs> <laughs> I'll just push it off till tomorrow it'll still be there tomorrow yeah I mean it's it. And that's the thing is we've we've gotten into this habit of like of, of trying to fill a, an eight hour work week when we don't need to or an eight hour work day when we don't need to. I love an eight hour work week. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, no, I think right. uh, I think it's in, in my situation, I think it's because there's so much sent to us like there's just literally you're bombarded every day. And I think everyone understands that there's no way to get done all of that. So stuff falls through the crack and people don't even care anymore because there's, they know, they understand. I I just got sent 40 emails. There's no way I can react to 40 emails. I just can't do it. Right. I understand stuff's going to fall through the crack and it just happens. And I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to solve that unless there's a way to somehow not get so many emails, but uh, it doesn't matter however many bosses you have. That's how many people find something that's very important to them. And all of those people want to make that important to you. And by the time it gets to you, you now have to find all these things important and there's no way to juggle all of those things. It's almost impossible. What if, what if they made it so that you could, you had to set a limit on how many emails you could send a day? 
Like you were only allowed to send five emails a day. I think that'd be great. I think that'd be and awesome. <laughs> I, one I, of my, we have a person that's over like our e-commerce section and then the person that's over operations. So the person that's over operations is kind of would be above the e-commerce person. And, and they told that person, they said, you can send one email a day. That's it. Do not send Cause this person was like bombarding everybody. Right. And oh, then man. you just really, I mean, it, it becomes a flood and, and anytime you get that much stuff, you, there's no way you can deal with it all. So, and most of it wasn't important anyway, but you still had to take the time to read it. So it, it blocked your productivity by having to read the email that at the end of it, you were just going to delete anyway. So he has now been told that he can send one email a day and he's been doing well with that. So he just, you know, gets all of it together and only sends out what's important. And I, luckily he's not decided, Oh, well now I'm just going to send a 40 page email. Right. I'm just <laughs> copy and paste all the other emails I had in the morning. There you go. Here's today's debrief send to everyone. <laughs> right. right. I don't think I don't think anyone has figured out how to how that works. Email and the ability to get the job done. I don't think anyone's figured that out. I don't know if we will. Well, I think we have to. Like that that's the problem is we're going to get to a point where so much stuff is happening. And the stuff that, like you said, stuff will fall through the cracks and people just kind of understand. And it's, you know, it's, it's that idea of if everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. But one of these days, the thing that is actually a priority is going to start falling through the cracks and it's going to hit on a global scale. Like I think about um, uh, there was an instance where Amazon, like they were doing some testing and someone forgot someone either flipped the wrong switch or forgot to to set something and it took down you know the western part of the internet and and you know you have these cdns that get hit with stuff and like there's so many times where an outage is because of user error or or something like that and i've had that happen to me i've i've gone and you know trying to fix something mess something up even more and I think that we will, it'll eventually happen to where that's going to hit somebody and it's going to have such a drastic impact that someone's finally going to say, you know what, it's just not that serious. (laughs) Like, let's, (laughs) let's, let's stop what we're doing and focus on this thing. And, And I think that there have been companies that have done that, that have truly turned around like everything that they've done. Honestly, I would say I did that with Pitt, like having, doing all this stuff on, in, in podcasting land. Like I don't, I, m- I remember, uh, you remember the, uh, I think Vic was the one that started it, but the, the tweets, like everybody used to tweet out what podcast I listen to. I think Scott still does it. Like yeah. he'll tweet out every, you know, 30 seconds. He's listening to a new podcast. I, I guy listens to more podcasts than I do. And, <laughs> and I, I'm subscribed to like 170 of them. So I don't know how he's doing it, but 170. You know, wow. I think that might be a, that might be a gross understatement. Actually. <laughs> wow. I am currently, Oh, Nope. I was close. 163. Ooh. <laughs> so yeah. And, 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 but that's the thing is I don't listen to all of them. Some of them probably haven't put out an episode in two or three years. It's not hurting anything just sitting in there. Like pruning my podcast subscriptions does not need to go on my to-do list. Right. That would take a while. Yeah. And and if it did, like 
I mean, those people that like start, they unfollow everybody. And I've done that before too. And it's like, we, we feel like, Oh, okay. I just got to prune everything. And it's like, how about I just don't let it get to that point to begin with. Right. And, and pruning, it's not going to, you're going to find another way to, you know, occupy your time. Well, and, and I mean, if you think about the, the actual act of pruning, like you're literally clipping a bud off of a plant so that it doesn't require that water so it can grow more. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm taking things away to make room for more things to come in. And, and that's not necessarily the idea. The idea should be, let me take things away and then prevent them from ever coming back. Right. Although, and kind of something I did on Twitter which wasn't pruning, but it kind of is. I, I went through and turned off everyone's ability to retweet. I don't know if it was actually Marco Arman on ATP one time. He suggested, he didn't actually suggest doing it. What he suggested was maybe they shouldn't have retweets because he was, yeah, I think he was talking about Instagram, how, you know, you can't repost something on Instagram or maybe you can, but it's complicated. <laughs> you just can't do it easily. Anyway. You got a screenshot it, crop it, and right. post it again. That's, it's kind of a pain. So he said, what if Twitter didn't have that? And I thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to try it. And I went through and, it sucks because you got a lot of people and you can't, there's no blanket turn off retweets. So you got to do it individually. But over the course of however long it took me, I've enjoyed it because I don't, because the thing about uh, retweeting to me is most people just do it. Uh, well, there's a couple of reasons why someone may do it. Someone may want to, uh, they probably really want to say something, but they don't want to have the responsibility. So they retweet it. So it's coming from someone else's mouth. So it doesn't look like they said it. Uh, which in which case I don't really want to hear that because if they want to say it, they can say it themselves. Uh, sometimes it is just, you know, just to bring attention to something. But and a lot of times people will do it to because they have a big fan base and it will now allow all the rest of their fans to pile on. Right. Um, so just turning that off has been amazing because the only thing I ever see now is something that you want to say. So if you want to quote tweet something that I see, because then you've added your own opinion to it, but just a retweet, I never see. And I, I was talking to Scott about this the other day. He, he thinks it's crazy to turn it off, but I'm telling you, your, your timeline becomes only what people actually are willing to say. You don't have them saying, or you don't have them retweeting crazy stuff that they wouldn't really say. And, you know, so Anyway, it was just an interesting thing to me because it's worked It's worked out well. It doesn't mean that I don't spend as much time on Twitter. I do. But now I just don't see all the junk that people are willing to retreat because oh, people retreat anything. You know, what's funny is the, the things that I view on Twitter nowadays are all bots, but they're bots that I enjoy. Like, <laughs> like um, what's a good one? Effing birds is a really good one. Um uh, hold on, my my baby monitor's freaking out. Let me let's cut that off for now. It'll be all right. I can, It'll be fine. She's next. She's in the next room. I can hear her if she starts crying. My wife's home too, so she can hear her too. But uh, but yeah, like I mean, F and birds, uh, bodega cats is a good one. Um, there's a, there's um in otter news, <laughs> just like pictures of otters. Like I don't know, like. This is the stuff that I, I follow on Twitter now just because I, I don't have time to – I don't care what's going on in Apple. I'm going to hear about it on a podcast in like, you know, in 20 minutes. And and then, you know, I don't really care what people's opinions are about stuff anymore. Like it – and, and it, it sucks to say that, but it really is just the case of like 
if I want to know what you're thinking about something, I will go on Twitter and send you a DM or I'll send you, I'll hit you up on iMessage or I'll hit you up in Slack where I, I know how to, I know how to reach out to the person that I'm looking for to get their opinion on something. I don't necessarily want to have to hear it every, you know, every five seconds. Right. I, you know, I, I follow a lot of some Vegas golden Knights people, uh, you know, just some other, I don't really follow a lot of tech people cause I listen to a couple podcasts and I get everything I want to hear out of there as well. But I do have a lot of friends that I follow and talk to, but since I don't see any of their retweets, I see only what they want to say. I'm okay with it. It works well for me, but Twitter is one of those things that everybody changes. A lot of people change all the time. They are like, Oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. There's just a million things that they try to do. And at the end of the day, uh, they're just wasting more time. <laughs> they're like, I need to do this so I don't waste so much time. Well, the, the amount of time they're spending doing it, they're wasting as well. So, Well, speaking of wasting time, we still got an after show to get to, so I'm going to ask one last question, and then we'll jump into the after show, and then after that I'm going to probably go to sleep. Jesus, 9 o'clock now. Uh, right, so so my question for you is, if there won't be a new PSP, what what's what's the next thing for Ronnie Lutz? If I had, if I had any, you talk about podcasting, anything, anything. Well, God. if it were podcasting, I would do a history podcast. That's what I, that's what I would love to do. Um, I was a history major in college and I love history. I, however many podcasts I have, 95% of them are things like the history of Egypt, the history of Rome, the history of Greece, the history of ancient Greece, the history of the ancient world, stuff that everyone else eyes roll in the back of their head and they fall asleep two seconds after it starts. But for me, it's what I enjoy listening to. So that's, that's what I would love to do if I ever did that. What's stopping you? (laughs) Time. Mm, Just like time to record it or. Well, I I think with a history podcast, you got to do a lot of research. It was easy with PSP because I could literally just jump Jump on on and do it, but I, I can't remember all the stuff that would be required for a history podcast. So, and I wouldn't want to do it halfway, right? I would want to do it, uh, you know, I'd want to spend the time researching it and, and understanding it. Like, maybe not like a Dan Carlin hardcore history because he's over the top, but, you know, maybe something a little smaller. I don't know if you listen to Dan Carlin, but his uh, his episodes are like six hours long sometimes. They're outrageous. I wouldn't want to do that. But something to where at the end of it, the person's not like, well, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, you know? So, but anyway, that's for me. In podcasting, history would be where I would, what I would want to do. So if it, if it's not podcasting, what's it what's it going to be? You're just just hanging out, doing your thing. I don't know. My wife's going to college to be a pharmacist, so whenever she gets done, then I'm just going to uh, retire. And uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I'll, then I'll do a podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't really. I mean, you know, a couple kids, and, and we do things together. But I don't have a necessarily something that I want to do that I don't get to do other than I would love to spend more time podcasting because I really do actually enjoy it. I just don't get to do it. Yeah. And, and, and I get that. And that's something that, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I do so many podcasts. I have so many podcasts and most of them have sporadic episodes just because one, not very many people are listening. The people that are listening, they get it. So it's, it's like, I don't feel like that pressure is there. Pit's been the one thing that when I don't do pit, I feel bad. Like I physically feel bad. And that is why 
after so long it was like it i had to bring it back it had to be the old pit it had to be me sitting down talking with people that i know recording it putting it out for other people to listen to and hopefully get something out of and i think we've done that i think we've done that on this episode so i'm going to wrap it up there before we jump into the after show please ronnie let people know how they can get in touch with you of course uh pretty much i'm ronnie lutes on twitter that's about it all right cool let's uh let's do this so at the end of every show um, unless you are a pit member or a, a Ko-Fi sponsor, you have no idea. Um, but at the end of every show, I pass the host baton over to my guest. This is now their show. You talked about wanting to do a podcast. This is your podcast. I'm your guest, and we can talk about whatever it is you want to talk about, but the show is yours. <laughs> the show is mine now, huh? Yeah, that's. I'm, I've, I've been doing this for probably over 100 episodes now. I, I literally stopped taking episode numbers because i just stopped caring <laughs> right that's probably a good thing to do anyway yeah episode I, numbers don't they don't matter anyway pe- people get too caught up in that like oh you know episode 200 episode 200 should be just as important to you as episode two like i, I don't i don't get that right so well you're not gonna hear much from me then because my brain's fried <laughs> my, well, that's, my, that's the good thing is it, it's it's a podcast about whatever like you you can ask me what i had for dinner like i mean it's <laughs> it's i and and some of the best conversations that i've had have actually been in this part and and i have seriously debated flipping it around and making this the show and like having the the actual interview being the bonus material because, I mean, I've, I've had people on where we talk for 30 minutes on about, you know, development stuff. And then we sit there and talk for two hours about, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a, a really good one that we had. I talked to a lady who was a, a tightrope artist. And <laughs> we, like, we broke that down. Like, I was like, man, I, I have a thousand questions. <laughs> so, you know, so, you know, it, it's always fun to have these these conversations and, and to have my guest, you know, be the one that's bringing up the topics. It just makes it so that I can't come prepared because I don't know what you're going to ask. <laughs> right. Have you ever talked about your military service before? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I, I talk, you know, I, I always tell people like I, I did the military because I didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. And I had actually told somebody if that ever happened, I would join the military. I actually told them that would be the only way that I would join the military. And then it happened. So I had to swallow what, my words. What branch were you in? Uh, I was in the Marine Corps. Did uh, five years in the Marine Corps. You were you were the hardcore Semper Fi stuff, huh? Well, I mean, I, I was a computer nerd in the Marine Corps. <laughs> I mean, granted, yes, I, I was I was a rifle expert and you know, I, I we all have to run, we all have to shoot and like that's but all in all, like when I went on deployments I was a glorified radio operator. When I was on ship I was a I was an IT manager. And uh, the most action I ever got into was there was a there was a firefight nearby, <laughs> so we were like, "What's happening? All right, we're good. All right, cool." Um, but I did a lot of humanitarian stuff, so I, I was I got two humanitarian service medals and uh, some arms some armed forces service medal stuff from uh, uh, you remember the typhoon that hit Japan in twenty was it twenty ten twenty eleven? Yes. Yeah, 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 I was. I was stationed in Japan for that. Wow. I, I was actually in Malaysia when it happened. Um, we were we were doing a 
we were doing a joint exercise there, but then, uh, we quickly got back on ship and, and sailed over. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was a very interesting moment. So, so most of my, most of my military life was spent on ship, but whenever we were on land, a lot of it was, was helping folks out. So, you know, that I, I would take that service over having to do combat any day. Oh yeah, for sure. So why did you get out? What, what? Uh, you know, it it was one of those things that when you work in IT, one, our military service people don't get paid enough for what they do. Um, I'm a firm believer in that. But I will say a lot of them don't need to get paid any more than they do because, <laughs> I mean, you get these kids that are, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. They get back from Afghanistan and or, you know, wherever they're at, and they come back and buy a brand new Dodge Charger. And it's just like, oh, dude, well, invest that money. Put it put it up in a Roth IRA. Do something with it other than piss it away on a new car. Right. <laughs> but, you know, people aren't thinking like that. But, uh, you know, I got married. Uh, my wife was my roommate's sister-in-law. So uh, she wasn't too happy with me being in the service. I honestly knew that being a system admin in the military meant that I could do anything anywhere and probably make a lot more money than what the military was paying me. So I just said, you know what, I'm going to do that instead. Yeah. Did they, did they, did you go to college like using the GI bill or whatever you get from being in the military? Nah, I dro- I dropped out of college. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I did too. That's yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I started, I I did six, I did what, six months in college. I dropped out after um, a semester and a half and then just decided, you know what, it's, it's not for me. I tried doing it on, like, I tried doing like the online courses when I was uh, on deployment, but you know, those internet connections are terrible and (laughs) it's really hard to keep, you were talking about, you know, things being not really all that important. (laughs) Like that's. That's essentially where I learned that theory of like, you know right. what, I could take this test, but I'm in the South China Sea somewhere. Like, I don't have time for this. Right. You think, what do you think about, like, uh, I know, do you listen to ATP? Yeah, absolutely. Marco talks about it frequently about how uh, college for, you know, for kind of development and that kind of stuff, college isn't that important. Obviously, if you want to be a pharmacist, you don't, you, it's not like you could just, test out of that you have to go to college but uh for developers like yourself do you think it's even important at all to do that i mean i will say that i i so my day job is i'm actually an e-commerce guy i'm I'm the opposite of that guy i just don't send any emails Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know i I don't have a college degree in e-commerce. I don't even know what an e-commerce degree would look like. Right. <laughs> you know, like, like, I, I'm sure you could get one. I don't know what they look like either. Like digital communications, probably some type of marketing or advertising degree. Like, I don't know. I, I, But I will say the only reason I do e-commerce is because I have never been hired as a full-time developer. I've done development work for people. I've been paid for development work. Like, I, I mean, I just finished a project for uh, one of the largest Python podcasts in the world. And to me, that's awesome because I have people that tell me, hey, you know, you've been programming seven, eight years now. You have the skills to be a senior developer, but I know for a fact, like no one will hire me because I don't have a piece of paper. And right. to me, that's dumb. 
Like that makes no sense at all. But at the same time, that also kind of gives me an excuse to go out and do this thing on my own. Like I, I would not be, I wouldn't be trying to turn Pitt into a editing and coaching business if my nine to five was editing and coaching. Like the fact that I can come home and do something different is what gives me the ability to, to focus on doing this outside of my day job. If I had to do this as a day job and then go home and do it more, I, <laughs> that wouldn't be happening. I wouldn't be <laughs> podcast. Like, I mean, like I said, if I had to wake up every morning and do a podcast, I probably wouldn't want to get on the phone and talk to people. I, people would be like, how come you never call? Because I've been on calls all day. It's not right. going to happen. So right. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think you need a degree. I think if you want the traditional developer or tech role, you're going to have to take the traditional tech route, which means you'll have to get a computer science degree. But there are so many opportunities out there now that are non-traditional that you can you can take those routes. You just gotta you just gotta find them honestly, and and that's that is so much easier said than done. Like I, I haven't fully been <laughs> able to figure it out myself, but at the same time, I'm blazing my own trail. <laughs> right. Well, and I think that's probably the the best thing to do, at least for you. I mean, I don't, I don't know about everybody, but yeah, a, I'm a terrible employee. Like, like I mean, <laughs> I, I, I know I am like my boss knows I am. He, he's like, you suck. But at the same time, like, I know I can rely on you to get stuff done. <laughs> I'm just like, well, I mean, Hey, uh, that's, you get what you pay for. <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying they're not paying very much? I'm saying they're not paying enough. <laughs> not paying enough. I don't think anybody ever believes they're getting paid enough, do they? You know, I, I, I think that I can't complain as a quote unquote uneducated African American. I know that there are a lot of people who have worked a lot harder than I do that make a lot less than I do. So I'm not going to complain. I'm just going to shut up and take my paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're getting paid and that's the that's the main thing, right? Yeah, my, you know, like I tell my wife, you know, more than anything, we can pay our mortgage. Our kid has diapers. You know, I'm happy. I just won a little gift card. Uh, they did the little employee of the quarter. I didn't win it, but I got nominated. And part of that was I, I got a little gift card to Target. And people were like, yeah, you know, hey, what you going to use that gift card for? And I was like, baby food. <laughs> <We're talking laughs> <out>. <laughs> hey, hey, baby food ain't cheap. No, it's not. <laughs> baby food's outrageous. <laughs> I'm glad my kids are 21 and 15 now, so I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff anymore. Well, soon you'll be having to worry about it on the other side. It'll be grandparent food. <laughs> right, right. So how many more kids are you going to have? Right now, none. But, you know, I don't know. I I think I would like to have two more. But at the same time, you know, my daughter's seven months old. I have – I still don't know what I'm doing with her. So <laughs> it's just like – I just, I'm just glad she's alive every morning. It's like, hey, you know, I didn't drop you. You didn't, I didn't like go in there and while you were screaming and like choke you out or anything. So I'm good. Well, uh, my daughter's 15 and guess what? I still don't know what I'm doing. So I don't don't think that changes. Yeah. And and I mean, that's the thing is like now all my friends are having kids and they're just like, oh, you know, what do we do? And I was like, well, first thing is stop worrying because... You're going to, you're not going to know what to do. Just wing it. <laughs> you're fine. Like as long as they keep breathing and they got food in them, you're good. 
Yeah, that's that's pretty much all you can ask for, and and who knows what'll happen, you know, after that. Yeah, you can't you can't control them. I, I've learned that. Like my my sister and I are fifteen years apart, and I'm I'm the the older one, so. Like I told my mom, I was like, what were you thinking? Like you were almost done and now you're going through like the hardest part. Like teenage years were the hardest part. I believe it. And now you're going through them again. <laughs> That's insane. 15 years. Yeah. I'd be like, if uh, my daughter's 15, I'd be like one having me having one now. There's no way, no way. And and I don't know, like, like my sister, granted, my sister's a good kid. I, I will say that she's, she's better than I was, but at the same time, I, I mean, it's still like you got there, the stuff is just happening. Like you got life stuff. I don't, I'm not going to know what to talk to my daughter about when she's a 15 year old. I'm hopefully they're not playing Fortnite still. Cause like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you have built a relationship enough to where they'll talk to you and you'll just have to listen. Cause that's pretty much all I do is just listen to whatever she's saying. I don't understand it half the time, but <laughs> I get that. That's the, Hey, that's the best thing. She, she talks and I get to listen. That way I don't have to explain anything. So, uh, what was the, what's the, what's the song that if you opened up your music app right now, what song is playing or what song would be playing if you hit play on it? Oh, actually I can, um, probably I'm trying to think if it was the last song I played was was Dancing Machine by the Jackson 5 that's a good uh, song yeah my, so so they have this they have this show on Netflix it's a kids show called uh, Motown Magic and it's it's about like this little kid who's like painting stuff and you know I'm, I'm always trying to to you know put something decent up on a screen for my daughter you know so she she grows up you know learning about some of the classics but she's not just i mean she's only seven months old she's not gonna remember any of this anyway so a lot of it's for me it's like if i gotta sit here and deal with a bunch of colors i at least want it to be something like i'm interested in right but uh yeah this show plays like a bunch of classic motown hits so now i'm like when i start thinking of music i'm thinking of like tears of a clown i'm thinking of like uh uh, Jimmy Mack and, and and like Dancing Machine, Skyrider or Skyrider and like all those songs and and uh, I mean I, I like I like a lot of music from that era anyway and uh, and then a lot of stuff from like Prince and uh, man I don't know it's 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 kind of a it's kind of a, a, a grab bag you know honestly I, I listen to I don't mind listening to to hardly anything but I mean I I just love music in general. Like any, any and every genre of music has something that I can sink my teeth into. So have you watched, uh, speaking of Netflix and music, have you watched the get down on Netflix? I have not. I've, I've seen, I've seen it on there, but to be honest, if it's not something, you know, to occupy my daughter, I'm not watching it. <laughs> like, right. It, if it's not on YouTube, like I'll watch YouTube all night just because, you know, I'm trying to. Like my brain doesn't shut off until it just decides it's done. So I literally just have to, I try to like bore myself to sleep. I'll put on like uh, <laughs> some, some good YouTube channels, like animal logic, uh, a lot of animal documentaries just cause it's like, Oh, Hey, that's interesting. You know, learn a little bit, but eventually I just get to the point where I can't keep my eyes open. And I'm like, all right, good. <laughs> the mission accomplished. <laughs> and I don't have that problem. I don't, I don't know maybe when you get older or whatever, but, I guarantee you, just I I will walk away from this microphone 
I'll walk into my bedroom and I'll be asleep probably two minutes after I'm done. After I say goodbye to you, I'll probably be asleep. Sometimes that happens, but I'm, I don't know. I don't know what it is that, that just, there have been days where, and I mean, a lot of it is, is the, the hyper-focus and, and ADHD and all that stuff that, like, I don't want to say it's a cop-out, but at the same time, I have started working on something or I've been about to go to sleep and then I get this idea and it will not go away. And I can't write it down. Like, if, even if I write it down, it's just like, I'll spend three hours fleshing the idea out on paper and just be like, all right, I got to do something with this. So right. um, I usually try to keep myself preoccupied so that that doesn't happen. Cause when it does like the next day, I'm utterly useless. Right. You still have, you got to get up early for your job then? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm waking up at like six and I'm usually at yeah. work by like seven thirty. Yeah. That's pretty early if you stay up late at night. Yeah. So, and, and I will say I've gotten a lot better at it. Um, nowadays, I don't know, maybe it's just having a kid like, Kid goes to bed at seven thirty. I'm usually right behind her. <laughs> oh, I, I could be in bed at eight o'clock every single night, and it wouldn't bother me at all. Not at all. I mean, I'm, I'll lay in bed until about ten, but I mean, at the same time, it's like I, I'm I'm ready. It's like, all right, if my eyes close right now, this is great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. I but I, I usually I watch a little uh, History Channel on my phone before I go to bed. If, but if if I if I don't turn it on immediately, I'll be asleep. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, that's the thing is there's, there's so much, there's so much content out there that we can learn from and, and that can, that is interesting. Like, I don't understand. Like, are you, are you a game of Thrones person? No, not at all. Okay. I've never, yeah. I've, I've watched half of one episode. It was like softcore porn. I turned it off. Didn't have anything, didn't have anything for me. I've never watched an episode. I, I, I don't have a desire to watch an episode. And, it, and it's not like, it's one of those things. Like the, the last TV show that I think I wanted to like binge watch all the way through was probably House. And after like the third season, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of done with this. <laughs> and like, <laughs> well, that's, that's a pretty good show. Yeah. And like Ele- Elementary was, was good, but I know there's, they have like seasons that I haven't seen. Um, Orphan Black, kind of the same thing. And, and that's the thing is there there's so much stuff that can grab your attention. I don't need something that's going to last eight, ten years. I need something that's going to last 15 minutes and I can shut it off and not <laughs> think about it ever again. Like that, that's the perfect video for me. Give, give me a series like The Twilight Zone. Like that's a good series because I don't have to watch every single episode of The Twilight Zone. But when one's on... I can just sit there and watch it, and then when it's done, I don't have to remember anything that happened unless I want to. That's in my top five TV shows of all time, I would have to say. The Twilight, Twilight Zone? Yeah, yeah I love it. And my daughter loves it. We watch it together. It's, it's amazing. Are you watching the new ones? Uh, no, I'm not going to pay for CBS All Access. <laughs> just to watch Twilight Zone. Yeah, are, are, you, are you looking at that uh, that Disney Plus? I'll right. probably pay for that because that's like, what is it, seven bucks? Yeah, it's uh, seven, well, seven ninety nine for all the Marvel content, and then uh, and all the I think it's Fox, it's yeah, Fox, Disney. Marvel, and then Disney, Pixar stuff. I mean, it's a lot of it's a ton of content, so that'll probably be worth it. 
I don't, I don't know if we'll do it or not. I think if we do, it'll it'll be probably in a year once once the, you know the daughter's old enough that things actually keep her attention because now she's just saying, like, there's no blob. way you're not doing it when she gets a little older. Cause oh yeah, because I mean, I don't know what Nickelodeon even has anymore, but it I mean, kids stuff is is pretty much dying out. If it's not on Disney or YouTube, like I don't know, kids are flossing or something. I, it's, it's, <laughs> I don't know. My daughter only watches YouTube. I don't think she watches anything. She doesn't watch any TV shows at all. The next generation will never watch real TV shows. Well, I'm I'm just surprised that TV as a as a idea still exists. Just I mean, like there's like these channels, like you know, Cox owns HBO and all this other stuff. Now, internet companies are buying up television networks and. I don't see how they're going to continue. I just feel like they need to they need to just cut their losses and be like, "Hey, just put stuff on YouTube, put stuff on Instagram or whatever and whoever whoever has a place where you can throw your content, just throw your content up on that and let people watch it." But right now it's like the golden age of TV. There's more TV shows, you know, more great TV than there's ever been. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like most of it's on Netflix. <laughs> like I'm not, I don't, I don't understand. Like, why do I need a? a I've never had a cable subscription. Well, well you I don't guess, need it. Yeah, you like definitely I, don't need that. Yeah, as an adult, I've never owned, I've never had cable, and I've never needed. I've never even thought about cable. Like, I, I got a, a PlayStation View subscription, uh, one year for the SEC network, so I could watch the University of Tennessee football games, and that was like the only time I've ever had anything remotely similar to cable. And, but like now, even, even then, like you're, we're talking about uh, the hockey game earlier. I don't watch the hockey games. I watch the condensed versions on YouTube. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's the only reason I have cable. This is the first time I've had cable in probably 15 years only, and only because I want to watch the golden Knights play. So I have to, if there were any other way to get it and I have, uh, been to the AT&T Sportsnet, you know, their site and talked to them about there's literally no other way to get it. I mean, you can have Cox or you can have DirecTV. Those are the only two ways to get that. The, they play on a station called AT&T Sportsnet. Yeah. You can't even get it through DirecTV now, which is stupid because that's owned by AT&T, which yeah. is you know, a little cheaper and streaming only, but you can't even get it through that. And it's the only channel I want. I don't even care about any of the other channels, although I do like History Channel, but Otherwise, you, I mean, if you have an Apple TV or, or a, a Roku or anything like that, History Channel has their own app. But the right. thing is, most of them you have to have some kind of cable subscription to to access. Right. Yeah, they'll only show you just a couple episodes if you don't. Which I think again is stupid because if if there was and a good example of this, a uh, boomerang. Um, Old school cartoons. I don't know what it is. I like old school cartoons. <laughs> like uh, Droopy is like one of my favorite characters of all oh, time. Yeah. That's, but, he's great. Yeah, but uh, we we paid like thirty dollars last year for the Boomerang collection of of like old cartoons, and I was like, yeah, thirty dollars. I'll probably watch all of these in about two months, and then never want to not look at them again for you know three or four years. I think I could spend thirty bucks on that. That's that's like buying a DVD collection. All right, and you know, paid the thirty dollars, watched them all, and now it just sits on my Apple TV. And then the rest of the time, it's like I'm looking at the uh, 
University of California Santa Barbara aquarium like aquarium like live feet of the penguins. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I'm more interested in in what like the manta rays are doing at the aquarium than I am with what the rays are doing in Tampa Bay. <laughs> That's yeah no. <laughs> I mean, and I don't know what it is. It just. I, I don't know. It just interests me now. Like the the dumbest things. There's a there's a good show. If you like history, uh, you might like this. Or are, are you into video games like at all? Uh, yeah, a little. So Somewhat. there's a there's a YouTube channel called Tier Zoo, like T E T I E R Zoo, and it talks about the animal kingdom as if it were a giant like MMO, like World of Warcraft style. Right. So they'll talk about like, all right, we're going to talk about tardigrades, <laughs> you know, like freaking little worm bear things that, and they're like, all right, so this character class has the most resistances. It, it's nuclear resistant. It's heat resistant. It's cold resistant. It's, it can literally go into a state of, of stasis and like suspend itself for 20 years but if you step on it, it dies. <laughs> right. It can live in a vacuum. <laughs> exactly. So, it like, it, but they talk about it like that. And they talk about, like, oh, what happened when the human meta came up? Or, you know, when they nerfed elephants to lose all their fur. And, you know, they had to drop points in, in survivability, but they put them in intelligence. And it's weird to think about in that way. But that's the stuff that I, I like watching is things that will make me think, but make me think from a different perspective. And, yeah. and and I think we need more of that because you're not getting that on cable. Like that yeah. that show would never make it on cable because it doesn't have enough boobs. It doesn't have enough, you know, people getting shot or whatever. And and it's not that that stuff can't be entertaining. It's just that I don't I don't need sensory overload. I want information, and and the information to me is more important than than how it's being presented. I just I can't start YouTube though because if I start messing with it, it, it just never stops. So, you know, <laughs> that's just, the best then, part though. And then it just auto plays. I don't have enough time for that. I want to go to bed. So if that's I true. if I started watching YouTube, I could sit up there and watch it all night. The great thing about you know like some of my guilty pleasures are I love like Counting Cars or Curse of Oak Island, just stupid shows that are on the History Channel that really have nothing to do with history, but they're on this stupid channel anyway. You got to make money, um, man. <laughs> Right, and Disney owns that, by the way. So if I maybe oh, they'll maybe they'll have that in their subscription service. But anyway, um, you know, an episode's like whatever, thirty-five, forty-five minutes long, and then it's over with. And you can go to bed. If I, like you said, they're only fifteen minutes. But if I get stuck in a in a YouTube channel, oh man, it may be only fifteen minutes, but there's like fifty of them. And I, like I'll get into YouTube and I. Like uh, there's a one on I don't even know who it is, but they do a lot of language stuff. I'm very fascinated by language, even though my language skills pretty much suck. But like uh, just words in English and how they came to be and the different languages they came from. And anyway, I could sit there and watch that all day. And then you look at the clock and you're like, I, I think I just watched like 47, 15 minute videos in a row. Right. There's I wouldn't a, have done that on, on the regular TV station. There's a podcast like that. Hold on, let me let me look in this <laughs> large collection of of stuff well, in here. I, I listen to the History of English podcast, which is fantastic. There's a History of English. There's another one, um, Grammar Girl. 
They, oh, yeah, listen to her, Quick and she, Dirty Tips, Grammar Girl. Yeah. And there's another one called The Illusionist with Helen Zaltzman. I'll listen to that one, too. Yeah. Anything to do with the, you know, the English language I'd listen to. And, and, even, and when I talk, I still sound dumb. <laughs> but that's the thing is, I mean, at least you're, you know, that we both have kind of a, well, my accent comes out when I talk to you because everyone else is like, oh, hey, you're from, you're from Tennessee. I would have had no idea. <laughs> but I can I can hear it when you're talking to me. Not I don't normally hear it though. Yeah, I, I only it only comes out when I talk to people with with their own accents. But at the same time, it's like just because I have an accent, just because I I may not sound like I'm the the most intelligent person in the room, doesn't mean that I'm not. <laughs> you I, know, not saying that I'm like a genius or anything, but I'm I'm saying don't don't let. Don't let someone's accent or how they sound or, or, you know, the words that they use determine your opinion of, of their intelligence. Because, I mean, that was something that uh, uh, it was another podcast. They were talking about um, the idea of using they don't call it Ebonics anymore. It's like um, African-American English or something like that. And how slang like all language derive all like modern languages derive some from for, some form of slang and that it quickly gets adopted and becomes this the lingua franca it becomes like the standard way that people speak and more people would benefit and learn more if there wasn't this over like this idea of having to speak a certain way when you present information and it's funny because i think youtube is really bringing that you know to light because you can have people like um mkbhd who started like when he was like 14 you know just talking about what he liked about a wireless modem you know it's like oh hey this i plug this thing in and it works like oh that's awesome like you you have these personalities that are approachable but are also intelligent and also know how to get information across and i think that more and more people are going to lean towards that than looking for the quote-unquote smartest person in the room right yeah because who wouldn't want to be mk yeah, whatever. Marcus Brownlee. I yeah. don't know what. Uh, what does yeah. he go by? What's his? What's M- his? M- MKBHD. There you go. M- Which I don't know what that stands for, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe make makes more money than I do. That that's all. <laughs> <laughs> like, like how old's that kid now? Like twenty five. <laughs> yeah, and he's driving around in Teslas, going to the Tesla event, doing all kind of craziness. Yeah, like I, I mean, but that's the thing is, people people want people that they can relate to. They don't want people that feel smarter than that's the thing that neil uh, neil degrasse tyson did that was so interesting because he is genuinely like one of the smartest people in the world right but he has this ability to explain things and feel approachable and i mean i don't know i don't know what his his personal life is like but i feel like if i said you know, hey Neil, I'm not getting it. Can you break it down Barney style? And he would be like, "I got you." And then just you know, I'd, I would know string theory after that. Yeah, no, he's 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 a smart dude, and he is. Yeah, he's. I like watching his. Uh, I don't know what, what was it called, Cosmos. Yeah, he did. Yeah, anything he does is really good. Actually, it doesn't make any difference, but 
Exactly. I use that to my advantage. I use the, you know, what people think about how I speak to my advantage. So they'll, they'll, they'll give me a little leeway because they'll think I'm slow and then I'm really not, but <laughs> they, yeah, I can do that. Just like, like, you know, Hey, I'm not the brightest carrot in here. So, uh, you know, you're gonna have to give me some time and they're like, right. And then they leave and you're just like, well, <laughs> right. now I can they, relax. <laughs> yeah. It works to your advantage. If people think you're, if people think you're a little dumb, it works to your advantage. Well, I mean, and, and that's what's funny because that's that's why I was asking you a lot of the questions about like programming and stuff because you have the mindset, in my opinion, of a programmer. Like you have the ability to not necessarily know what the language is, but you have the ability to just think of like, all right, I know that this thing goes into this and I know that I, I need to tie these two things together and make some sense out of it. Like that's all that programming is. And, and that's where I was just like, how is this, how have you never gotten into like, I want to build an app or I want to, I want to do this thing or have like some website or some brand that does a thing. And, you know, I, I envy that because in my mind, everything is a project. Everything is like a, maybe I can do this thing. And, and I hate it. Like I, I, I tell my wife this all the time. I just wish that some days I could just turn my brain off and not think, think like if I could if I could just not think about something like that would be the best day ever <laughs> I don't know I have I definitely have the ability to not think about things that's for sure I don't know what I don't know why or how but yeah I yeah I don't know I would love to program though I've thought about it many times and I've you know looked at some stuff on the internet and did a little bit and then I just I don't know. It doesn't keep my interest, but I think it would if I did it because it would. I think it would be fun because the the mental gymnastics that you have to go through would be mm-hmm. exciting. That's well, that's the exciting part. I think a lot of it is is figuring you know finding your space in the in the programming you know scene because I mean for me like I, I all I do is web stuff like I don't someone's like hey I want to build an app like all right cool you have have fun with that like I'm gonna build a, <laughs> I'm gonna build a website that does like three things and that's it and. You know, or I do I do little automation stuff where like I'll hit someone's API and you know pull their information down and present it in a different way and and you know it's nice because people have a need for that and I mean people people pay me to be like hey you know get this information and make it look pretty and like I can do that but at the same time if someone's like all right now throw this on an iPhone I'm like good luck with that yeah that ain't going to happen <laughs> like i have no desire <laughs> no no right. passion whatsoever to do that but at the same time like i've tried i've i've i'll sit there and watch someone else do it and be absolutely amazed at what they're doing but you know that's that's like watching these guys on youtube uh, there's a, a couple channels i'll watch uh, Jabril, uh, Jabril's, who's another San Diegan and then uh code bullet guy does a bunch of like ai stuff uh jabril's taught a drone how to do face tracking and i was like that's just awesome and scary at the same time but you know (laughs) but at the same time it's like he's going he's talking about the process that he had to do to go to do that and i'm just like eating it up but then when i sit down i was like well i want to do this and you know i sit down at the computer and it's like I'm just playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> just watching another YouTube video. Yeah, I'm just watch. I'm gonna watch how he did it. That just seems easier. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. I just it's just a common thread. Just not enough time to do all the things that you want to do. Yeah, well, and I mean that's that's the true thing is deciding that the things that you want to do aren't aren't worth giving up the other things that you're currently doing that you want to do. 
Right. That's I mean, I'll be happy to quit my day job and learn how to program, you know, do program drones. That'd be fun. Yeah, as long as you can figure out a way to pay for all the other stuff. Right? That's, man, million dollar question. I had my, I had my most profitable month this month, and I am stoked. Congratulations. Downs, downside of that is I'm only a quarter of the way to where I'm trying to get to before I can take it full time. So, How do you eat an elephant? Yeah. One bite at a time. I was going to say um, medium well, but <laughs> well, that would work too. All right, man. Well, I, I never like to cut these things short, but we've been on here for an hour and a half and I'm tired. Me too. I'm going to go to bed. Uh, same here. I'm. This will this will come out uh, tomorrow evening. I'm not even going to look at it until then. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Got to wait. No, no, no. That's not what I was saying, old man, about when I looked at my recording, it looks like it's recording through my Mac, so I, not through my microphone, it's through my internal microphone. So hopefully and, your recording's fine, because... Yeah, don't worry about it. I got uh, I got two recordings. I got the one from Zoom, and then I also got the one from Audio Hijack. 